Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Hope you guys are all staying safe. Um, so this week is a very special episode. It's nearly been a year. It's probably next week or the week after. It's like a year since I met Siobhan. Uh, so Siobhan O'Hagan is on the podcast today. I'm really, really excited. Uh, so since I've spoken to Siobhan last time, Siobhan has got the new... She's also changed her name on Instagram. She was the artist formerly known as OH Fitness. Uh, <laughs> she is now a female fitness online coach, which she has been for a while. PN, PN certified nutritionist, my protein sponsored athlete and creator of the OH Fitness Furnace. How are we keeping Siobhan? Grace, Grace, delighted to be back on. I wish I should have actually listened to the first episode that we did just to, so I'm not repeating myself. It's no, I, I I made a conscious effort to try and change up the questions a little bit. I think one question is kind of similar enough with the books. Okay, but uh, <laughs> the rest of them are okay. But uh, how are you keeping in this weird time? I think I'm doing exceptionally well. You know, I'm I'm just taking things day by day. I feel like in a very lucky position. You know, I'm staying with friends. I've got some barbells and dumbbells to play with which I have not touched as much as I thought I would um, and I've got a good routine going every day so I don't like a very very uncertain future like I literally don't know where I'm going to be staying next week but I'm happy enough day to day just trying to take the positive and everything I know that's so cliche but it really is helping me keep um, keep positive and keep happy that's the goal yeah, always you seem like you have your routine set we were talking off air and stuff like that so you seem like you have your routine set for anyone who is not aware of your story, Siobhan, I don't know where they've been because you've been on Instagram and social media for a long time now. So can you tell us your story of how you got into the whole world of social media in a yeah a short little snippet? Oh, God. Okay. That's the challenge. <laughs> for everyone who wants to pretend everyone already knows. Um, yeah, so I, in 2014, I was working in corporate and I just wanted to change long story short became a personal trainer and used instagram to advertise my services um and then working as a pt i just decided i wanted to be a little bit more free and decided i love traveling as well and uh, over all this time i also just had a shift in mindset when it came to life work goals everything and i always just wanted to share that with everyone else um, I've also shared the whole journey on social media. Uh, I did the bikini competition, which was kind of a big thing in my journey because it it changed my perspective on myself and dieting and training. And uh, and since then, I've been on a kind of a journey trying to figure out the right way to do things um, or the right way for me to do things. And uh, in, in I suppose in short, I just want to help other people be as happy as me. Um, and I think like the life I have and, and the happiness I have day to day is a result of so many little tiny things I've done over the last few years and people that have helped me. And um, I suppose I just, it's not really a story, is it? But long story short now, I've just got my business online. I'm living in Bali and I, well, no, now I'm in Nice. But, um, yeah, I know I've kind of got the freedom and business that I wanted, so I'm pretty happy at the moment. Awesome. That uh, was me trying to skip all the good bits. <laughs> well, you can <laughs> listen. People can listen back. I had a I had a look before you came on. I think it's like episode twenty one or twenty two or something like that. So it's like fifty episodes ago. You were on. It's mental. You've been busy. Yeah. Um, 
So we were talking off air about kind of like a lot of people complain that they don't have an awful lot of time on their hands to kind of read books or anything like that. And from looking at your stories and we were talking off air about kind of the books and stuff like that, like we have a lot of time on our hands at the minute with what's going on. Hopefully it will kind of subside fairly quickly. But have you kind of got any more book recommendations from the ones that you added previously? It's actually, it's funny you should say that. I, I sent an email out yesterday just to my email list talking about um, how to get some motivation to do these these things and, and to break down it and to break it all down to small goals. Um, but it's funny, I, I said the same thing, you know, if you've got time on your hands, blah, blah, we kind of forget that there's so many people who, do, who are busier than ever right now who are trying to, you know, work from home while minding their children or who are obviously on the front line or working in essential services. And I, I almost feel sorry for those people who are being inundated with, here's how to feel better about yourself or here's how to, you know, use your time wisely. And I think a lot of people are like, what time? Um I can relate a little bit, like luckily I'm still busy with work, but I still have people, you know, sending me Netflix documentary recommendations. I'm like, I haven't had time to watch Netflix in so long. But that's obviously because that's not my priority. So I do think we make time for priorities. And for me, it's always reading. Um, But I'm also not always motivated to read. So I try and do it first thing in the day. Um, Literally, I wake up naturally early enough, um, and the first thing I'll do is open the Daily Stoic and just read a page of the Daily Stoic, and then I'll journal and meditate, and then I read ten pages of two different books, and then I get up. And luckily, I'm not on any kind of time restraints or anything at the moment. So no matter what time that is, then I just go ahead and then I go on with my my morning routine, like yoga or whatever. But you know, it means that no matter what, over the last month I have gotten through like almost two big books um which I don't know if you're just looking at it from when you just pick up one of these books and you start going a few pages and then you feel unmotivated because you think you'll never get to it with the books I always say like just a few pages a day you just commit to a few pages like, even 10 can be a lot sometimes like just five pages a day and you'll get through them that is if it's your priority though you know if you don't want to read and you'd rather watch Netflix that's fine but I just I love reading and I just see, I think knowledge is power and I'm trying to get everyone to read. Yeah, I think I, when I as a teenager I used to see reading as kind of one of these things that nerds used to do and I just hated it so much. But now hey, we prefer the term bookworms. <laughs> Apologies, um, <laughs> but have you got any since you were last on? Like you were talking off air about kind of one or two books. Um, yeah. That you. Oh yeah, one of the major ones that I've just finished is the Laws of Human Nature. Um, I, I actually I've had it probably like six or seven months I'd say, and I only consistently got through it there when I had the ten page rule. Um, it's a big one though, but it's so interesting looking. You know, you, it tell, talks about all different types of human behaviors and how to identify it and how to deal with those type of people. And like a lot of it is very eye opening. You like you kind of oh that's me, you know. <laughs> and you t- it talks about certain types of behavior. Um, but I that's one of that's one of the most recent ones that I recommend. But there are so many. I actually have a page on my website of recommended books because there's so many. It depends on what you're looking for. I love A New Earth um, by Paolo, or no, by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Um, that's another one I want to read again. I haven't read it since about this time last year. Uh, this is actually one I'm nearly finished, The Art of Happiness. Um, it is, it's a, it's like a co-written the Dalai Lama and Howard Cutler. Um, 
really simple. It's sometimes some books now are a bit too kind of basic for me, or you know, they're kind of just regurgitating some of the stuff from the classics. But that's a really good one to start with, the Art of Happiness. Um, if someone just needs to get a better perspective on life. Yeah, I think yeah, it it's very hard to recommend books because different people are at different stages of their lives. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I read a book recently, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. Did I read that? I can't, it's one of those ones that's like, does is, is in the top, you know, South Yeah, Africa. I just... But I, I think some books I'm like, I get it already. Like the 5am club, I didn't read that because I'm like, oh, I've built my business between like 5 and 10am. Yeah, um, I just... Yeah, that what book, did you make of it? I think it helped me a lot because I think from the two of us have come from a corporate world and i think when you're in that corporate world it's all it's kind of moving your mindset away from money 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 will make you happy which what you spoke about previously uh on the previous podcast but then there was another book as well um about the the art of asking and it was recommended to me but it's about by amanda palmer so she used to be in a, a band uh but she also used to be like a statue in parks and stuff like that but it's re- it's really really I didn't like if you look at the if you look at the cover it's not a very manly book. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's 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 very very good to be like it doesn't matter how successful you are, it doesn't matter where you are in life, but it's not there's people have this guard up afraid to ask for help. Um yeah. and not letting the ego win and stuff like that. So it it's, it's really really good, but it's you fr- very very unique side of things like she had a record deal and then she was like I'm going to go anti-establishment and set up her own record deal was answering all the emails all that kind of stuff uh, and now she's done TED Talks and everything she's she's, oh, very good. she's a- that reminds me of another one uh, The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown it's on Audible she's got a, a couple of books but The Art of Vulnerability is it called The Art? Um, that's it's it's really good to listen to it's, it's her doing a couple of lectures Oh, I remember listening to it. You know, sometimes I listen to something and I'm like, I just need everyone to hear this. You know, and I'm putting on my story. I'm like, please listen to this. And I know like only a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage will. But yeah, the art of vulnerability, the Brene Brown. She has, uh, I think she has stuff on, she has the the massive talk on TED, on the TED Talks. And then she also has her own podcast now. And then there's something on Netflix. So if people want to test it on Netflix, it's like a 45 minute hour thing that if people want to test it. But she, she's, she's awesome. Um, one of the things I think a lot of people can struggle with and I think social media can help this and social media can hinder this as well is the issue of self-confidence some people think that like self-confidence is kind of self-taught some people think you're born with it Uh, some people think you have to develop it have you got any advice on that side of things and how would you kind of any tips to kind of develop to help with self-confidence I think self-confidence is like a learned thing but it's it's really it's like the people the hardest it's so hard to do it because it's it comes back to being vulnerable um i think the more i put myself out there as i am or you know with the the things that you're not confident about if you kind of dip your toe in the water and like just put yourself out there like that you realize that the world doesn't burn down because you've got cellulite or because you've gained a few pounds even though and I think the more you hide it the more the more unconfident unconfident is that the word um, you know that you get and um, so I learned that because like I think especially after when I did the bikini show and I was so embarrassed for how much weight I put on um, especially as a fitness professional um, 
even now, you know, like I'm probably not like your other fitness influencers on Instagram, and um, in that, you know, I don't well, I don't even know what size I am, but you know, I'm 80 kilos, and I just own it. Like I think if I just put yourself out there and be like, yeah, this is me, and I just think you're you're more relatable to people. Like nobody is perfect, and I think the more we accept that everyone's different, and just you, what what makes you different isn't bad like even even sometimes when I have bad skin and I'm like oh my god everyone's probably looking at me in horror when realistically if someone else has bad skin I probably wouldn't even notice um so I always just say just put it out there just but that's the hardest thing to do when you're struggling with not with no confidence um so I just say dip the toes in the water you know like sometimes I might not post, post a picture of myself with maybe a couple of years ago I wouldn't post a picture of my cellulite but you know I might I might wear shorts to the gym but that would be a huge deal and then when I realised that okay everyone saw my cellulite in the gym and nothing happened maybe I can put up a picture on the internet and then when that happens and then you realise that people actually like that you know that you're real or that you know they can relate that you show that the world isn't perfect and that you're owning it it gives someone else the confidence to do it um, but it does it's, it's a hard first step to do you just have to kind of yeah, try a little bit and I think what you said there about like perfect doesn't exist I think as soon as you kind of get that out of your head um, because even if you think about it like there's no such thing as the perfect body because Siobhan could be attracted to something else out of looking for a man or whatever or a woman whatever it is and I could be looking for something else um, and then if you've kind of like got the perfect job or a perfect family that could be some, someone else could have some, want something else so perfection doesn't exist whether it's body type looks or intelligence or job so i think as soon as we kind of get that out of our heads i think it becomes a little bit easier and i think it also saves a bit of time you know like if if you if you're not showing yourself without makeup on because you know you're worried about this fellow watching that you're like i'm i think i don't know if it's because i'm getting older now but i'm just like oh do you know what it doesn't matter you know, like it saved himself. I don't want to go on a date with him and then him see me, you know, make him on not like me. Like if, he, if he doesn't like me now as I am, then that will save us both a bit of time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like you, you have to. I think you have to go through the journey to, to to get there though. In relation to I don't. Yeah. I know I was talking to someone recently, and that's why the question kind of kind of came into my head. Like, are you born with it, or are you kind of like do you develop it? I think there are people that potentially are a little bit more confident, but are they self-confident? I think potentially sometimes people are a little bit more extravagant. Like if you look at comedians and stuff, you may think they're they're very very confident, but then when you see them on like walking down Grafton Street, they are. Yeah. Well, it's the same with same with girls on Instagram. They might seem like the most confident people ever, but I'm like the fact that you've never seen them without makeup on, or that they won't leave the house without like a full body of spray tan. I'm like I actually feel I actually to me that's red flags I'm like that for a girl like yeah. she might look good and she might feel amazing when she's done up but like I, I, I'd much rather someone love themselves the way they are I don't know I would feel sorry for I mean I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm in no way perfect in that way either like I'm still the same like I, when my skin is bad I'm like oh I don't want to go online but I, I, I think if it was limiting me a lot I'd seriously have to do something about it I don't know but do you but think the, do you think the days that you don't want to go online kind of make you appreciate the days that you do want to go online you know there's only I mean when I say I just don't I'm not as when I don't or when my skin is flared up I just don't pick up the phone as often as I would and it's not like I've made a decision that I'm not posting because my skin it's just that I'm 
I'm just not as like, hey, maybe I'll chat to camera now, which I never, because I don't plan any content or anything like that. It just happens. Um, and I just think I'm less inclined to do that when my skin is bad. But then I try and remind myself, I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's a lot. <laughs> but I think, but from following you for a while, I think people appreciate the, the human side of it. Because I think, as you said, people can't see this thing up on Instagram and social media as kind of this life, this perfect thing. But I think because you are yourself, I think that's what kind of probably draws people in a little bit more, I would say. Yeah, and it's been the opposite of a vicious circle. I, I'm always saying that and I don't know what I have to say. But I mean, the more I do it, the more people, you know, like that I'm doing it, the more I do it. And the more I feel confident in myself because... I'm like, hey, put myself out there, and people see, are still interacting. Are still, like, especially when I was just after my show, when I was like, whatever, still tiny and shredded, yet felt huge. I might put a picture, and everyone was like, oh my god, you look amazing, and I'm like, oh, do I? And that helped my confidence a little bit. Um, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't think we're going to go into the bodybuilding thing. No, I think no, we spoke no. about that's a, that's a rabbit hole. I think has gone down a lot. Um, but you spoke about kind of a little bit about kind of the bodybuilding stuff, or kind of like a little bit of dieting. Um, Siobhan is a massive advocate advocate of ice cream every day. Um, oh, yeah. I've done that in a while. <laughs> broken here. Um, but like. I think when I've said that, that I have like ice cream or I have chocolate every single day, some of my clients kind of look at me like I have seven heads. They're like, how are you doing that? And I'm kind of staying in shape. It's like, there's no point in demonizing food. There's no point in like restricting yourself. But can you kind of talk about like dieting doesn't necessarily mean restriction? Yeah, like I'm all, I actually, it's probably this time last year. I remember I said it on my story. I, I said something. Yeah, I said like, you can have 18 magnums and, Still or not 18. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, you can have all your calories and magnums and still lose body fat, but and of course that's taken up as extremes. But I'm trying to like show an extreme to kind of get the the, the point the point on. Um, yeah. So I was, I think it was actually it was probably this time last year, especially when I was in Thailand and Portugal. I remember like I was definitely having ice cream every day, and I loved that. I loved showing that because I was also getting leaner. So that's why I've made a point of showing it every day. Like, if, if I'd say if I said ice cream every day now, people would probably be like, yeah, yeah we can tell. Um, but last year when I was getting leaner, I was showing it because I just hate the fact that people think dieting has to be miserable. Like, I have clients now that when I give them their calories, like, they're like, how am I going to eat that much? <laughs> or, you know, any like, they're talking to each other and they're like, has anyone got any ideas that help me get my, my, my not my protein, but just my calories? And I'm like, what do you like to eat have more of that you know because people are just convinced that dieting has to be miserable and I'm j I feel like I've been shouting this from the rooftop for the last five years and yet people are still like how are you eating that and losing weight um, which I to be honest it was easier that like, people believed me more when I was leaner I suppose um, but now it just I mean, it's not a goal of mine to lose weight so I'm not too fussed on it um, so yeah I try and get my clients to realise that they can eat whatever they want in moderation like obviously health has to be a huge priority and um, it's something probably i didn't put, uh, put enough of a emphasis on when i was dieting um i always just uh, it's, it's trying to find that balance between health and happiness obviously i'd be happy if i ate loads of chocolate every day well would i but then my health would suffer um and then my health would be best if i was only eating you know nutrient-dense food and all my calories so 
it's trying to find that balance between health and happiness so that I you know eat as healthy as I can but also leave room for a bit of I hate the word the bold stuff the more nutrient less dense whatever that word is uh, yeah. no I think I think so many people do kind of like the amount of questions that you get on a daily basis from people kind of have this kind of have this I'm like yeah if it fits your calories and your protein is kind of at a decent level and you're getting fruit and veg with your main three meals and it fits into your calories kind of go for it and then they're kind of like shocked and then they get the results they're like I don't know how I did this but I like it and they're like yeah. so many people we overcomplicate everything and I, I think the media has had a lot of has a lot of answering to do in kind of demonizing food is saying like I think all the macronutrients have had some bad media along the way like protein's bad yeah. for your kidneys carbohydrates is gonna is bad for you full stop fats are gonna kill you yeah because that stuff is you know impactful it's boring if you just say like actually you just have a calorie deficit yeah but I think now that message is finally getting through I think well we still hope it has a good bit of work to do but I think yeah I think it's James has gonna, done a good job of it like I remember my brother-in-law I was trying for ages trying to get him to that like or him and my sister would, would spend the whole winter or the summer working in Portugal and then they spend the winter losing weight and then they put it back on the summer but then they realised that he, he lost loads of weight and I was like how did you do that he was like calorie deficit I've been following James Smith and I was like have you not been following me for the last five years but I think I um, one of my clients had the same thing well, well explained yeah I think one of my clients had the same thing that she was trying to get her dad to lose a, bit, a little bit of weight and then she got her dad into James Smith and uh, he got her to read the book and then he's lost like X amount of weight the book is very good the, the book is very very good and a lot of my clients are reading it now and the way they've explained it is or the way James has explained it is as if he's talking to a five year old and that takes yeah. a unique skill to do it because there's so much like to to explain adaptive thermogenesis to a five-year-old takes a braver man than a lot of PTs. I don't think, I don't think a lot of coaches and PTs would be able to do it because you, you have to be able to fully understand it to be able to talk, to, to explain it to a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's, there's too many very well-educated personal trainers overcomplicating things when, you know, like I, I always think of that I'm speaking to me five years ago when I was trying every diet under the sun and wasn't working and well, you know, I always think that I'm talking to that person and that's who I who I explain it to. Yeah, I think I think yeah, the fitness industry is kind of one of those industries that it's it's a very insecure industry in that they like to be looked as a certain way. They like to have the abs, they like to have the big bums, the glutes, all that kind of stuff and they like to be seen the most intelligent and I think that it is it potentially is a little bit more insecure than any other industry um, I know modelling and yeah. stuff like that has that kind of aspect as well to it but I think if you 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 may know the likes of I don't know nutrition and metabolism by Gibney off by heart or whatever but if you can't relate it to John and Mary down the road who are ultimately going to be your clientele th- that yeah. book was pointless and yeah I know and that's probably why I've I suppose I've read more on the psychology side of things rather than nutrition. I mean, I do, I've done a bit of my own bit of nutrition and I do read about it and learn about it a lot. But I think in terms of like helping people, I think psychology is the path I'm going to go down. 
yeah I think if you can kind of work like, as, like with the habit stuff and I think those kind of little tricks along the way are going to help your clients more than we obviously have to know the basics but you can always research the basics or reach out to someone that potentially yeah, knows a little yeah. bit more if needs I'm be I'm all for referring people on as well like when I'm not able to help them yeah stay in your lane I think is the is the message there on that side mm-hmm. of things um, I think you've had many a fitness journey within the last five years it's changed from going from competing it's gone to kind of general training and then it's kind of gone to crossfit and then you're doing a little bit of mma as well what does fitness mean to you um and was it kind of having to do all of it to try and find what it means to you now or what do you feel like it's funny that i called myself oh fitness at the start when i literally was at not fit and i didn't try and get fitter i, I got stronger like you know i got i was purely training for aesthetics and I did it like and I was really I was like look how good like I was like look at these results I got with no cardio and I was delighted because I was the person who really hated cardio um and I was just I couldn't believe I cracked it you know like if you're just if you just watch your calories and train and do resistance training you can actually look really lean so that was always like the message I was trying to shape from the rooftops um until I suppose I did my show but always up until that I was like terrified of being invited to like a fitness class or something like that because I could not like I was just not fit I couldn't run the length myself didn't know what a burpee was um not that you need to be doing burpees but and then I I suppose I went to Thailand and tried CrossFit and because I used to see it and be like yeah deadlift 70 kilos easy and then we're trying to deadlift 70 kilos after doing 25 burpees is a different story and I was really bad at it and the, same, and the exact same thing happened with Muay Thai. Someone, um, I, I did a, I did one class and was like, that was so much fun. I said, like, did they do this in Dublin? And loads of people did. But then, yeah, so then I found two things I was really bad at and I wanted to get better at. And that's when I started actually realising how unfit I was. But I also then really enjoyed seeing myself getting fitter as I started training and all of a sudden I was getting competitive in the wads and... I was like, oh, this is what fitness means. Well, to me at the time, anyway. Um, so now I'm like, oh, I actually feel fit. Well, maybe a month ago. <laughs> um, but no, for me, I just I just really enjoy my training. Like, I really enjoy doing CrossFit, and I really enjoy doing Muay Thai training. Um, I, it's not, I don't really do it as much to burn calories anymore. Like, you'd never have me doing steady-state cardio on a treadmill or a cross-trainer or something like that. Um for me fitness is just about like it's only a mental game as, as much as a, a physical one now like trying to get through crossfit wads and competing and surprising myself and it's, it's funny because when i do that consistently i end up getting in good shape you know like once i take the focus off aesthetics i end up and i go i feel good and i didn't even you know diet hard for it or anything and like i actually feel kind of prouder of myself that way it is i think the latching on to that it, it is a mental win when you're doing that kind of stuff um, like I remember doing the remember we were doing Songkran last year having to hold yeah. that bloody duck above our heads <laughs> um, uh, doing all the burpees holding the duck trying to get it through obstacle courses but that was that and that I, I missed that side of things um, yeah Unit 27 really helped me with that and getting really fit it is like it's that it. stuff is like mental battles to get through a class it's a mental battle to even go to the class and like, oh, die yeah. and you never die it's yeah. always like you always think oh this is it and this will end me and then like, 
well, it's a rough game, you know, and then you get to push yourself a bit harder. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I like that community aspect of CrossFit. Um, it's definitely something, I think that what's changed since even lockdown, like I I live probably about a 10 minute walk from the gym and I actually don't miss doing the kind of the normal gym stuff. I've actually enjoyed more having like limited equipment here and making little wads, as you said, or doing those kind yeah. of things at home and actually feel better and actually feel better aesthetically for it. I feel yeah. better in my clothes I mean, for I, it. It's funny, I, I thought if you'd said to me, you won't have access to a gym for whatever how long it's been six weeks I'd be like what a nightmare but uh, luckily uh, like in the house I'm staying with Leanne and David they've got like a barbell and stuff at the back and like I did two weeks in an apartment with no equipment so when I came here I was like yes but I mean I'd say I've trained five times in the last four weeks I've been doing the home workouts with Leanne where it's just like body weight stuff and just getting the heart rate up and just having fun and you know feeling good afterward and it's not I know I'm not doing it because of my body or because of my looks you know I'm just doing it for my mental health and for fun and I'm really enjoying it um but I'm finding it very hard to motivate myself to go out and do a wad on my own I think I just miss the community side of it as well yeah I think whatever you can do to kind of keep yourself sane at the minute it doesn't matter what it is even if it's just walking as long if you've got a dog or you've yeah, got I'm kids walking and running, I'm taking up running. I, I, I despise running. I absolutely despise. I've done that 5K thing about four times and I never want to. I, it stems I, from, I was the same about a month ago. It was the exact same. I was like, I hate running. I don't understand how anyone would like it. I don't get it. Like, I was like, I keep trying and I just don't get it. And someone said to me, just slow down. Stop trying to aim for a time. Just go as slow as you can. And that's what I did. So our last, that was, I did it in Mexico, so like two months ago. I was just jogging really slow and I realised I could keep going and I was kind of listening to a podcast rather than music and just going like if I find myself my heart rate going up I'd slow right down and then I'm like oh I can keep going so I started doing 5k's again since I came home probably every second day or every two or three days um, and then yesterday I don't know I just took off and did 7k fair play like, but, but... Other, but like it's, it's all about going slow and it's so tempting when you see everyone doing their 20 minute 5k's and I'm like how that's, the, that's the competitive thing because I used to do cross country as a kid so that's, oh, okay. and I'm like that's where it stems from I hate it's the hatred it's getting into that white yeah. singlet and doing it that way Um, it's the other thing well, yeah, I, a lot of people are asking me how to start and I'm like just go really really slow start off a 1k or else there's the app the couch to 5k app oh yeah I've never done that people have always asked me about it but I've never actually done it Um, but again it's always like don't feel like you have to run either you know because I would say walking if you walk the same distance, you basically burn the same calories. Yeah, and also like if if you're doing a walk and and you're kind of out of breath and you're struggling to t- say talk if someone's beside you or they shouldn't be beside you if they're not your family, um. Yeah. But if you're out of breath doing it, well then you're going to still be getting the heart rate up. So it that, yeah. that's all good as well. But that was I figured that out. My physics brain came to me the other day. I realised that whether I walked the route or ran the route, I was burning the same calories. And I'm like, oh yeah, obviously it's like energy is just mass moving in the same amount of, or same uh, space so it's basically the same amount of calories but not that, I, to be honest I don't run anymore I'm not running to burn calories it's like just getting out in the fresh air the weather's been amazing like just I don't know I feel great after it and did you when you when you started training did you used to see exercise as kind of burning calories and how did you get away from it if you did um I would have seen no I would have seen cardio as purely to burn calories like uh, Stairmaster 
yeah, like I would have had, had the cross trainer in my front room, and it was literally this is when I do my prep for the show. Like it's extreme. Uh, and it was, I mean, I wouldn't normally have a cross trainer in my front room, but you know that was essentially so that I could eat more. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't burn calories and eat them back. But it, the idea was like the reason I was doing cardio was that I so that I'd still be losing body fat and slightly higher calories. Um, like I always think resistance training, you shouldn't be looking at what calories you burn because it would actually discourage you from from building muscle almost because I think if you walked for an hour versus did you know a proper resistance training set for an hour you'd probably burn more you know like your watch will show you burning more calories I think like the gym should be for training either if your goal is to get fitter or faster you know fine but the, if you want to get stronger or leaner use the gym to train and then manage your calories in the kitchen yeah yeah um i would 100 percent agree with that because i think a lot of people think when they start doing like resistance training or weights training that they are going to burn a silly amount of calories and they have some for, for some reason they seem to think like for say 350 to 500 calories in a gym session but more often than not they are burning a hell of a lot less and then sometimes they can overcompensate and then when they get home they're like i've worked yeah, out today yeah. and they're like all oh, the food I know the amount of people who come to me, they're just like, oh, I train this, this, and this, and I'm not losing weight, and I'm like, but what are you eating? And they're like, oh, I eat healthy. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's go into that a little bit further. Yeah. But uh, healthy is, uh, as, as as we've spoken about, like healthy is so different to every single person. I think the figure that gets thrashed around an awful lot is that 1,200 calorie figure. And uh, yeah, uh, that, that noise sums it up completely. Like it's the most irritating figure. Mean? is people who tell me they can't lose weight on 1200 calories and i'm like well sorry no it is you know under some circumstances um i just mean say someone like me 80 kilos telling me i eat 1200 calories and i can't lose weight and that there is no other kind of conditions i'm always like but and it's a very hard conversation to have because you want to be like well you definitely are eating more than that because you know, there's something that's not right if you're not losing weight on 1200 calories. And the majority of the time, is the reason is that they're eating 1200 calories Monday to Wednesday, maybe, and then 3000 calories every other day, and the average to a surplus. Um, and that's the problem I have with my clients as well. They're like, God, that sounds like an awful lot of calories when, you know, you tell them to eat 2000. And I'm like, compared to what? Like, compared to the 1200 calorie diet that didn't work? Or well, you, you know, well, like or the the diet that made you then eat loads because you were still starving. Yeah, but then you've got like the argument back is that they can't eat say the two thousand calories, but then you can easily go to Domino's and get like a fourteen hundred calorie pizza, and you're like, yeah. you you've proven that you can eat that, but if you space it out over, I know, but it's how hard you. It, it's very difficult to tell someone that you know, especially someone who wants to lose a lot of weight, and I'm like, well, you can. I mean, as in, like, if you're saying you can't eat 2,000 calories, I'm like, you can. Just, what do you like to eat? Like, what do you eat at the weekend? Have some of that throughout the week. You know, like, I yeah. just don't want you coming into the weekend starving. Yeah, try like, to get like, your head out of that kind of whole treat mentality or cheat day mentality if you're coming from the bodybuilding land. Uh, yeah. That people tend to kind of adapt and think what you've said there is kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday or even the weekends were getting earlier which is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday where they're just yeah. like going out for drinks and then just 
Zaytun or whatever other chip <laughs> and stuff are open when they do open. Um, in relation to like you've spoken an awful lot about kind of like body composition and we've spoken about it today as well in relation to kind of like abs and visible abs like what lessons have you learned and what does it take to get there and what lessons have you learned about having them and would you do you think they're really worth it I do feel amazing whenever I have like visible definition on my stomach. Um, like, luckily, I've got a really, like, from years of deadlifting, I've got a strong core, so it doesn't take me to lose much weight. And then I start seeing definition on my stomach. But in terms of being small, when, or like, when I initially had abs, I couldn't believe it. Like, I literally was thought they were these things that, you know, fitness models had. I couldn't believe someone who'd struggled with their weight their whole life. I was like, what is this? I was so proud of myself. But, and, and to be honest, it didn't, what it took was just consistency and an absolute drive. Like the reason I wanted to get in shape to be an advertisement for myself. And so, you know, that goal became a lot stronger than, you know, the other goals I'd had before, you know, just to lose a bit of weight because I wanted to feel good. Um, so I, like being consistent for six or seven months, heavy lifting, calorie controlled diet, no drinking, um, and I felt amazing, and like I actually thought I couldn't believe it. Um, and then I got absolutely shredded when it came to doing the show, and I got, you know, as I always feel like completed it. You know, like if it was a game, I was like got the top level, you know, finished. Never going to get any leaner. Um, and I don't know. After that, I, I, the difficult thing I found, which I don't find as much when I have a bit more body fat on me, is that like the smallest thing can make you look very different. So. Like if I had a random pizza, like I did on Thursday, I'd wake up and like I'm, I would actually be physically bloated. Like I'd, you might be carrying more water, and it feels like oh my god, I'm after doing so much damage. Whereas when you've got a few pounds on, you know, like and then you eat a pizza, it's, you wake up the next day and you're like, yeah, you're like you're not that fussed about it. So you're not like being, you're not going up and down with it. You're not going oh god, I made a terrible mistake. I must be more restrictive now. And then you know, it's kind of a more I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that pizza was nice last night, and I just go on with it. And um, so I do find when your body fat is higher, it's easier to just eat normal. I mean, that's kind of like I suppose that's why you don't have abs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, you do feel great. You get a lot of praise for having abs because they seem like these unattain this unattainable thing. Um, I've been there. I've had them. To be honest, I I always feel better now. When I get in, like when I'm consistent with my training now, and I might have like some sort of definition of my stomach, but I'm still like wearing a size medium or large. I honestly feel better now because I know the life I'm living now is not restrictive. Like I'd actually feel more confident and be like, guys, look, you can look like this and still eat and drink, you know. Whereas before it was like, you know, hashtag how bad do you want it and you know discipline and. Which that was me then, you know. I don't, I don't regret it. I learned a lot about myself and the body and how it all works and mindset. But um, you know, I just think I got as lean as you possibly can, and I don't know I just prefer my life with a bit more body fat. To be honest. Yeah, I think I've only I haven't I haven't competed. I've done a fitness photo shoot, and I have to go down to a silly, silly, silly low weight uh, in order to get. The bottom rage gone yeah yeah uh, and it's it's just not worth the sanity 
it's just yeah. not worth the pain i was on 100 grams of carbs for two weeks beforehand and oh, trying to do the 5 a.m to 9 p.m starts and i was Ugh. just like i felt sorry for my clients it just was like the fake tan and having to shave the legs was an added uh hatred of mine but it was i i didn't really enjoy having the the visible abs personally that's because of what it took to do it like i was always i was like as long as you're not miserable in the process and i'm not anti-diet either like i'm you know i kind of do my best in every situation so you know you might see like today tomorrow i might keep my calories low enough and then i say low enough like i don't know 1700 1800 and then i'll have more calories the weekend but it just suits me so i kind of do the best i can in every situation like if if there's something put in front of me now i might be like do i really want it uh, if I do, I'll have it. If I don't, grant it. So I'm not anti-diet. I just diet when I can. And that kind of works out well enough for me year-round. Yeah, I think I, I know I have kind of like a, say, a 4K either side, 4KG either side, that if I'm kind of going yeah. too lean, I'll be like, no, I'm going to try and put a little bit more on. If I'm going the other way, I that need... That never happens to me. <laughs> I don't accidentally even like, there, so I rarely weigh myself I just know by uh, like by clothes that's how I go I've by ac- accidental bulking for years now <laughs> <laughs> um, in relation to one of the things that we t- we spoke about putting yourself out there an awful lot and you do this and we're talking off air about I, I can talk behind a microphone all day but put myself out into a video or anything like that is the fear of being kind of judged but you've put out a, a beautiful sentiment with I'd rather be disliked for being myself than liked for being something I'm not can you kind of expand on that a little bit more yeah I, that's something probably I think it's since I turned 30 everyone was like everything will change and I was like no life's pretty good don't think I don't see how it'll uh, get any more confident or and it did I think I just just stopped I always say just stopped caring what people think and um, and again it comes from like I get that confidence and, and by being myself like I'd much rather post a picture of myself oh natural I don't know it depends what, that, what you mean by that like, but it's you know I'm getting praise for that than putting up a picture of me like sometimes even even these days I'm like oh I've no pictures to post and I look at pictures of maybe me from a month ago in a bikini in Bali and I'm like oh, I don't really want to post that because everyone will think I'm great there where I'm obviously put on a bit of weight now and I'm like I'd rather show myself now in my whatever I look like now and then people will still like it and then I'm like oh I'm so glad I showed me now than you know me a month ago when I thought I looked better or, does that make sense I'm kind of waffling but it's I put myself out there as I am and if people like it great and if people don't like it I'm like okay fair enough I know what I'm doing is um, it's from a, you know a good place, or you know like I'm, I'm working ethically and morally. Um, I'd rather do that than being fake. You know, I'd rather be liked for being fake. Yeah. So rather than kind of being the the, the the unfiltered or the, the say the filtered version that could be you, you'd rather be the 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 natural Siobhan if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of filters. Like I, I can understand kind of editing photos for the grid to look, you know, because the grid has to be aesthetic. Um, and some people like their stories to be really aesthetic as well. But I'm not a fan of using filters because I just, I mean, to be honest, I would love to because you know, 
everyone likes to look better but I just think by me doing that it influences other girls to to think that they have to use it you know like I see the girls I think are the hottest girls ever using filters and I'm like if you're doing that that means I probably should because if you have to if you feel like you have to then what's that message given to other girls um I mean Sinead fight about this all the time like she's one of the most stunning people I know and yeah. she's always using filters but we're uh, we're working on it but do you feel that social media is doing enough in order to change that whole concept of filters v non-filters and move away from that whole perfection thing or is there a hell of a long way to go i don't know i think i just do what i can i mean it is it feels like everyone is i don't know, even starting to look the same online and i just i don't know i don't know how to fix it like people are feeling there are people who are quite uh, influential and that are being influenced and, and thinking this is the only way so I try to just get people to think that you can live a bit differently and you can be yourself and you don't have to have everything that everyone has or look like everyone else um, so I don't know I, I, I can only do the best I can I don't know if I'm making any difference but hoping, hopefully if I do it then someone else will and have the domino effect yeah I think I think there's a little bit of kind of potential work to do on the whole social media thing like i think if social media is impacting people's mental health they need people potentially need to look at why it is impacting on their mental health and i think uh jerry hussey uh did a really amazing interview with marty guilfoyle on the wellfest podcast and he spoke oh. about how it actually is the person that's how it that's letting them affect it rather than social media's problem yeah, yeah. Um, i always say that i mean i've I'm, Luckily, I'm in a good place, but I know that my content could be taken up in any way, depending on where you are in your own mindset. So I'm always like, if you don't, if if, if my stuff is in any way like triggering or if it doesn't make you feel good, then unfollow. And I wouldn't be offended. I'm like, just unfollow because you need to put your own mental health first. And if you're perceiving anything as not good for you, just don't look at it. Yeah, I think that's one hundred percent. And you, like, if it is triggering you in any way, you do need to kind of like get rid. And like, social media audit is always a good thing to do every now and then. And like, we, people are sp- spending so much time on social media at the minute that now potentially is the time to do it and potentially look out for accounts and stuff like that that are going to help you. Um, in, in whatever way if it's body confidence if it's nutrition or if it's just general kind of like stoicism or something like that because I know we've spoken about the daily stoic a good bit but it is, it is important for you to be able to kind of filter out but you also have to recognise why are things like if I call Siobhan a pink a purple polar bear she would be like what the hell are you talking about but if I said something <laughs> so if you and you say if you called me bald and I took offence to that I'd have to look. I'd have to look at why and address why are you? Why am I finding offence to that? But the pink, yeah. the purple polar bear would have no connotations, or would ha- yeah, you'd have yeah. no attachment to that sentence. Um, oh, okay, yes, I get you. <laughs> yeah, it's a really roundabout way of explaining that, but yeah. Um, so, Siobhan, what is coming up next for you with the business, and hopefully getting to go back on holidays or trips or whatever? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just working away here, just taking things day by day. Um, what, what am I working? I'm working on a little side, um, like a business course for my PT, for my I, the 
people that are studying to be personal trainers with me. Um, I'm working on the business side of that, and I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna make it available for sale to the general public as well. So when that's finished, I will be sharing it on my page. I'm just it's not something that's really urgent. I'm just like enjoying working away on it. Um, the you know, fitness furnace is going well. I think when I thought this whole pandemic happened, I was like no one's going to ever want to train again and then I was actually surprised that you know a lot of people were like actually I'm going to use this time to focus on my training and nutrition I'm good um, so that's going well and then in terms of holidays I don't know I feel like I'm on holidays in Ireland now um, there's absolutely no certainty for me so I don't know when Bali will open the borders again and if they do and there'll be flights going or if it'll be safe to be there so I don't know but I'm taking things day by day at the moment I'm happy with my friends in Nice feeling grateful and yeah that's it and where can people f- uh, sign up to the O Fitness Furnace um, on my website ohfitness.ie um, my email list I, have, I was with a discount code in Ashville, the O Fitness Furnace I've signed up to my email list best place Perfect. You know, my ramblings even more every day <laughs> uh, no perfect I'm so grateful for your time to come back on again uh, thanks for having me I again. can't believe it's a year already it's uh, I know it's mad um, but thank you so much for for coming on and please do stay safe thank you so guys if you've enjoyed that episode at all please do tag Siobhan and I up on your story so my Instagram handle is at Shane Walsh Fitness and Siobhan's is at shiv.ohagan so please do tag us uh, please leave a review up on itunes and i hope you guys have enjoyed it uh talk to you soon and please do stay safe